You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It is so early here. I've been waking up about like two hours before everyone else in my family. And I have just felt so much gratitude for the little things like this, like two hours of peace in the morning has been such a gift. And I just want to invite you. I know a lot of you have little ones, so it might not be possible right now or you work. But if it is, if you can just give yourself the gift of a little bit of time in the morning to yourself to do something that's meaningful to you, it is the best way to start the day. And it has been such a gift to me. So like, I just want to give you that that challenge, like maybe wake up a little bit early before the sun comes up and give yourself some time in peace and stillness. Okay, so in February, in the Getting Mindful app, we are deep diving into intentional parenting. I am so excited for this topic. This is actually per request of the ladies in the app. (laughs) They have been getting a lot of results from what we've been teaching and what we've been doing, and now they want to know how the heck do we apply these concepts to parenting And how do I teach this stuff to my kids? And what do I do? And so in the app, we are going to be deep diving into intentional parenting. If you like today's episode, go sign up for the Getting Mindful app. We meet every single week. We do coaching calls. We do live workshops. We have a community page. We are going into mindful parenting I am going to be throwing in a like family night lesson to teach your kids how to apply thought work and also just so much good stuff for you guys. I'm going to be throwing in a kids meditation for your kids and it's only $25 a month. It's so cheap. You're not going to find anything like this for that cheap. So come hang out with us in there. All right. So today I want to give you a little aspect of mindset work that I think has so much power in our parenting and with our kids. I currently only have little ones. My oldest is eight, but I see how much power this truth has and what it can do in our home, regardless of our kid's age. So even if your kids are already married, or even if your kids are out of the home, this still applies. And I hate to say it, but sometimes I take this exact thing and I even use it on my husband and it works there too. So this is going to be monumental in your home and your family if you will take this truth and you will apply it in your home. Today we're talking about watering the flowers. This is a universal truth. In the scriptures, the apostle Paul taught about the law of harvest. He said, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap for he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So let's talk about this. What is the law of harvest? It is a truth that's taught in the New Testament, and the idea is pretty much what you plant, what you water, what you nourish, and what you build is what you grow. You cannot plant zucchinis and end up growing a watermelon. So when it comes to our children, the question I want you to ponder on for the course of this podcast is going to be, what are you planting and what are you watering? Are you noticing when they do something wrong or when they're doing something that doesn't align with the results you want, 
and giving a lot of energy and attention to that? Or are you really good at noticing what they are doing correct and what you love that they're doing and giving a lot of energy to that? Are you noticing when they brush their teeth and watering that by saying, wow, you brush your teeth without me asking, great work, buddy? Or are you noticing when they don't brush their teeth and you're saying, oh my gosh, you need to brush your teeth. Why do you never remember to brush your teeth? You're going to have nasty teeth. Uh, Let's actually run a model on that circumstance right now so that you can see really clear how it is true that what you reap is what you sow. What thoughts you have is what you are creating, even with those little people. And yes, they have agency. So there's there's that to add into the mix. But what you water really will be what grows. So let's see this, okay? Circumstance. Joe did not brush his teeth, okay? So little Joe didn't brush his teeth. Your thought is, my kid is going to have terrible teeth. And then you feel in your body the emotion of fear and probably some shame because you might make those dirty teeth mean something about you as a mom. And then your action is you go bark at your kid, right? You're like, Joe, you need to change. You need to be different. You need to brush your teeth better. You're so gross. That is nasty. You need to brush your teeth. And then little Joe feels shame. And he maybe brushes his teeth once, but now he has this almost weird aversion to it because when he thinks of it, he feels that negative emotion of shame. And so he avoids the task altogether. Very human of Joe. And the result is Joe has terrible teeth. Okay, good to know. Our job is to stop worrying about controlling our children and ask better questions. What seed do I need to plant in order to grow the desired result? You guys, that is an important question. What do I need to focus on? What seed do I need to put in the ground in order to get the result I want? This is not this is not manipulative. This is smart garden planning. (laughs) This is smart home. This is putting your home in order. Okay, so the circumstance would stay the same, but we're going to change our thought because that is the money right there. So Joe does not brush his teeth. Your thought. Wow, he is going to be a great teeth brusher. I am the perfect person for this. I love clean teeth. This is important to me. And then we feel excited. We feel love. We're, We're excited to go help our kid, right? Our feeling is love and excitement. So then we go and we talk to Joe and we're like, Joe, have you seen this funny video about brushing your teeth? It's so fun. Let's practice brushing your teeth together. And then Joe watches the video and he's laughing with his mom. They brush his teeth together and now he has a neuro association with brushing his teeth and a positive emotion. And so he is excited to do it again tomorrow. And the result you get is you are the perfect teacher for this and he's going to be a great teeth brusher. Now, notice what is driving our actions. Children are excellent at reading our emotions. Something that we talked about in the app is that a lot of times we we see this idea of being a positive parent or a gentle parent, but our feelings aren't gentle or positive. We're, We're feeling fear. My kid needs to be different. But then we're saying, you're great, Johnny. And we don't even believe it. And they are excellent at reading our energy. They might not get it like cognitively, but they know, and you know, that you aren't being aligned with the energy of love and gentle and positivity. And it feels fake. And then it actually gives us the result we want. 
So the important thing is not to try to change our circumstance or our children so that we can feel better. Our job is to change our thoughts, to regulate our emotions, and then they will feel that love and that connection and they will want to do things different. They will be associating the actions that we desire with them with positivity and love and excitement and they will want to do those actions more. The real work here is not doing anything to change your child, although this work will help with your kids. It is doing the work to change your thoughts, your feelings, because we know that what you think is what you get. What you plant and what you water with your emotions is the results that we get. This is the law of harvest at play. Okay, so let's do another one, but with a older kid problem. Okay, let's do more serious teenage problem because I know you're like brushing teeth, yeah, whatever. But what about with older kids that are actually going to have like, if they make these certain choices, like they're going to have a lot of negative emotion. They're going to, you see that it could cause a lot of pain and suffering. Okay, so we find out that Sally's sneaking out with her boyfriend at night. Ah, <laughs> just kidding. Or any other inappropriate action, okay? Your thought, oh my gosh, she's going off the deep end. I'm just so worried. This is going to be terrible. Next, she might end up pregnant. I'm such a failure. And then you feel fear and shame as a mother. And then you either usually one of the two, you freak out on her, right? You need to stop doing that. What are you thinking? This is what's going to happen. You're grounded for 10 years, blah, blah, blah. You should be ashamed of yourself. You say those types of things, hoping so desperately that if you say those things, that maybe she will stop. Or if you're like a lot of mothers as well, we just avoid this situation and pretend like it's not happening at all, which is also brought out of fear. It's like, well, maybe if I just pretend like it's not happening, it won't happen and I won't have to deal with it. That's not helpful either, right? And so then our result is that she's not in tune with us. She doesn't want to listen to us. We're yelling at her or we're ignoring her. And either one of those is not going to get us a result of her listening to us and changing because she cares about the things that we have to say. The new model, the one that's going to be more useful for us is Sally is sneaking out at night with her boyfriend. And our thought is experience and agency is the point of this life. I'm the perfect person to help navigate her through what she's going through. And then we feel what? We feel calm, right? Because we're like, of course, she's going to be doing things like this. This is natural. This is experience, which is why she's here. This is her using her agency, which is literally why she's here. And so we don't have anything to fight with right now. I'm the perfect person to navigate what she's going through. You feel calm. And then in the action line, I put teach, model, and love. I want to just kind of tangent off on this really quick. This is something I tell my clients a lot when I'm coaching them on their circumstances that have to do with their children. I like to remind them that your job is not to make your kids happy. Your job is not to make sure that they feel no negative emotion. Your job is not to make sure that their life is perfect. Your job as a parent is to teach, to model, and to love. Those are your jobs, to teach, to model, and to love. If 
you try to take the responsibility for somebody else's actions, if you try to say, it is my fault, I am a bad mom because they chose this, that is going to result in more of them choosing the things we don't want, but you feeling terrible. And it is not going to put you in the best position to be able to help those kids through what they're going through. If you're making their actions mean something about you, you are going to be leading with fear. Kids have agency. Even three-year-olds have agency. Your job is not to control them. Your job is to let them use their agency and to teach them to model the behaviors that we want and to love them. And then let them have the experience and the choices that they want, that they are choosing. You don't have control over that. You have control over you. So when I say teach, model, and love, what I mean is you are responsible. Your job, your end of the stick is to teach them. So you get to choose what that looks like. How am I going to teach my kids these things, right? Your job is to model the behavior you want. This is the hardest one. We are pretty good at talking to our kids and telling them what we want them to know, right? Teaching them comes but but modeling the behavior is difficult. You want your kid to be kind? You better be modeling kindness. You want your kid to be loving? You've got to model loving. You want your kid to not be dramatic? You've got to model being calm in stressful situations. Like these are the things that make the biggest changes, I promise to you. Okay, and then the last action is love. Your job is to love your kid regardless of what they're doing. Your job is to not choose fear, but to choose love, right? In those situations, your job is to choose to love and not be leading with anything else but love. When you let shame or fear or desperation or negativity or doubt take over, like the Apostle Paul said, when you faint, in your gardening, (laughs) when you let those take over, you do not reap the results you want. And so we need to be aligned in the energy of love. Now, here's the thing that is hard and you're not going to be perfect at it. And you can't shame yourself for that. It's so hard. It is so hard. Sometimes those weeds start to grow right in our garden. Sometimes we notice all of a sudden, oh my gosh, like I've been totally trying to control my kid with this. And the weeds start coming up. So what do we want to do instead is we just want to pick those weeds when we notice it. Oh, I'm I'm totally moving in this direction of fear right now. Oh, I'm making my kids' actions mean something to me. We pick that weed, we ditch it, and we replant and we start watering the, the flowers instead of the weeds. So then let's go back to that model. So we teach, we model, and we love. We talk to our kid. We share our own experiences through the energy of love. We model the behaviors we want and we maybe give natural consequences, whatever needs to happen, the action that's on you guys to decide. But then the result is Sally experiences life and we make it mean nothing about us and we love her and she has a trusting connection with us and she wants to listen to us. Like that is the result. So how about this? I know this happens to so many of us. Your kid is bouncing off the wall, right? Like I have one like this. Your kid's bouncing off the wall. Oh, my kid is so crazy. Oh, why do you act like this? Oh, why can't you just calm down, right? You guys, we're literally calling it in. (laughs) We are calling in that energy because what you focus on is what you grow. So instead, if your kid, let's say they are bouncing off the walls 
80% of the time, but there's about 20% of the time that they're not. What are you focused on and what are you giving energy and attention to? This is the power of positive parenting. I love it. If you look at the 20%, you give energy to it and you even speak it out loud. You put words to it. You say, oh my gosh, you're so calm right now. Oh my gosh, I love how you're sitting so still. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you are such a calm kid. I'm just so grateful that I can bring you to the movies and you just sit still the whole time. And you start giving energy to what you desire. You will watch that 20% turn into the 80% and you will get really good at ignoring the 20% of crazy because in your mind, they are calm. Your brain goes to work to find whatever you give attention to. So imagine your mind is like a movie and the camera can't focus on everything because there's so much going on in your mind movie. And so it just focuses on what you focus on, right? Whatever you give energy to, it focuses and it blurs everything out. So maybe you have this idea in your head like, oh, my kid is so crazy or oh, my kid bratty or, oh, my kid is kind of annoying right now or whatever. And it focuses on that and it starts to really give you evidence. It makes it really crisp and cleary and you can see it so much. But if you can shift your focus, there's there's blurred out stuff in the background of your mind movie. If you can find, even if it's just a tiny sliver of it, like if you can find the good and you can shift your focus to the good in your child, your brain will find more and more evidence for it. It will become crisp and clear. You will feel better. You will love your child. You will be in a good energy and you will create the results that you want. I'm not telling you to be delusional and never address problems. I actually think this is quite contrary to that. I'm telling you to see the problem and solve it in a different way. One that doesn't feel natural to you, aka we're letting go of the natural man. My invitation and my challenge is instead of focusing on the problem, focus on the actual solution, which is watering the flowers. It's changing your thoughts to focus on the positive in yourself, the positive in your child. It's changing your thoughts to water the flowers that you want. Ignore inconsequential behaviors. This is an important aspect I believe in parenting is that there's a lot of behaviors that we kind of just think are annoying, right? but they don't have actual consequential follow-up. So like if my kid hits, that is a consequential behavior. I do not allow that in my home. Physical violence is and is no. If my kid whines, it's annoying <laughs> and I don't like it. And I definitely don't want it happening in my house, but I'm not gonna like send a child to like have a consequence if they hit, um, are just a little whiny. Instead, my challenge and my advice would be to ignore the inconsequential behaviors. Give them no energy. Find the behavior that is the opposite to the inconsequential behavior. So if it's whining, it would be talking in a positive, nice voice. And then focus on when they speak in their nice voice and give energy and attention to that. Give your focus to that. Speak to that. Call more of that in. That is the work. You are a mother or a father, and you are capable of changing the garden of your home and what your family looks like. 
but it will require you to pull out the weeds. And that doesn't mean focus on the weeds. That doesn't mean talk about the weeds. It doesn't, it just means literally get rid of them, give them no energy. That is how we get rid of them. And it will require that you focus on watering the correct plants, watering the desired outcomes. And that means we have to know what our desired outcomes are. What are we creating? One of my favorite quotes by, I believe it's Russell M. Nelson or Henry Bjarne, I can't remember, but it's, she molds living clay with the shapes of her hopes. What are your hopes for your kids? What are you wanting to develop? What are your desired results that you want? Water those flowers. Give your mind as much evidence and focus and attention and energy on those things, especially adding in positivity about your own mothering. And I'm the perfect person for this job. I'm the perfect sculptor, right? So you guys, this is your work. Oh, I'm passionate about this. I think I just found inside me after, as I was recording that, that like, this is a topic I'm really passionate about that I really haven't talked about very much, but I'm excited because I love, I love parenting. You guys know I homeschool. I just love this. This feels so important to me. So go home, go give your kids a hug, tell them something you love about them and be that parent that teaches, that models and that loves and focuses on the flowers and you will see the garden of your home change. Be patient in the process. Gardens don't happen overnight. Plants don't grow in one day. You've got to nourish the seed. You can't faint. Endure. That is how you get the results you want. Okay, you guys, I love you. Thank you for being here. Come hang out with us in the app. Next month is going to be so fun. You guys, kids meditation and family home evening lesson and so much other good stuff. I mean, our workshop is going to be mind blowing. You need to be there. We love you. All right. Talk to you next time.